Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and Jamie Rivers. Uh, it is a Tuesday in St. Louis, Missouri. Our Blues are 5 and oh, and I don't know if you guys know how this all works, but that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, some would say historical. Yeah. Some would. Yeah. As some a matter would of say fact. that. So they've never done this in, in history of the team crazy, to start 5-0, and oh, which, hmm. which is kind of crazy to me. The one year, 97, 98, I think it was, maybe 98, 99, one of those years, it's a blur to me. We lost the very first game of the season, and then we won like nine in a row. That was great, but we never won Five in a row to start the season. Well, it was. I, I had a chance to go last night. Uh, I went with my oldest son, Benjamin, who has just moved out of the house in the last couple of weeks. So we had just the best night of just hanging out and watching hockey. And, oh, by the way, the simple fact that I can get a Lion's Choice roast beef sandwich mm-hmm. while I'm watching my favorite mm-hmm. hockey team. You know what, man? Is that available now? Dude. Oh, yeah. Dude. I had no idea. Not only that, but... Mission Taco is there now. Oh, the High Point boy. Drive-In, that burger, man, is one of the, the best in town. you got to be in the fancy seats to get that. Though. Nope. Don't no, I man, mean, it's in the concourse, bro. Come on, I've seen your paycheck. You were in the concourse. <laughs> <laughs> then you clearly knew that I was not in the suites, and man. Were okay, given so, to, the tickets were given to you, <laughs> right, clearly. Right, same here. Right. So let's talk about it a little bit, because Saturday night with the home opener um, was my first time back in the building I shouldn't say that because I did go back in last year without the fans. First time back in with all the fans, okay? And I thought, honestly, I, I talked about this on the show the other day. It was I thought the Blues did an awesome job as an organization of making sure all of the ish was taken care of as you entered the building. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, people outside, they had a lot of their, their executive people, ticket salespeople outside, like, Pointing, giving directions. You get up to the door. The security staff is like, hey, here you go. Here's your, you know, maybe you already checked into the app for your vaccination thing. If not, digital. Okay, you take a picture of it. Great. Where's your ID? Boom. And I was in the building uh, two and a half minutes. I'm, I'm the great. same. Because, I don't mean to interrupt you, dude, but Benjamin and I left a couple minutes early last night because I anticipated it being a little bit longer of a line and mm-hmm. stuff. Dude, it was not at all. I oh, mean, we great. were we were right in. It we was got, awesome. We got on the on the Riz show. I handled the emails, and we got a handful of emails just after last night's game, saying how easy they're making it. Yeah, and how enjoyable it is. And yes, it's still there, and you still know about it restrictions and stuff, but oh, yeah. making it about as easy as you can. And, and you know what, man? If this is what I got to do 
to go to a hockey game, yeah. D- dude, yeah. it is it is a small price to pay. And I love the people on social media that say, oh, pff, well, they, you just screwed yourself. They had 16,000 strong there last night, by the way. Yeah, and the home opener was great. It was a packed house. Uh, it just felt good. You know, all the other BS aside, I don't even care. We don't even have to talk about that anymore because we'll trigger somebody, right? I don't right. really care. I yeah. don't care. I'm Canadian. Don't bring me into your damn politics, okay? <laughs> um, what You'll I care- go back up to the end, <laughs> yeah, right? No, I won't. Uh, they're just as bad up there, too. Uh, what I loved about it was we're back to hockey. We're back to people in the building and, you know, the players and talking to a bunch of the guys after the game. Like, man, walking out for warm-up was, was cool. There was a buzz again. You know, some of the guys who'd never played in front of these fans were buzzing. And then, obviously, with... The, the Blues blowing the wheels off the L.A. Kings in that one game. David Perron with a hat trick. And there's so many reasons to cheer that night. It was awesome. I was really pumped to be back in the building and to see hockey. What's going through a 19-year-old? And I know I always keep going back to Jake Neighbors and he's 19, but I know you were really young yeah. when you started, mm-hmm. too. So what kind of crowds did he used to play in front of and uh, as opposed to now? And well, how does that affect you? Big difference. One, probably played in front of like 4,000 people on a really good night in junior hockey. See, you think about it like a band-wise. You think yeah. about the pageant or an amphitheater. Yeah. It's kind of messed with Pretty you. Pretty much. It does a little bit. Uh, we had Jake Neighbors on the fast lane last week right before his, his first uh, his first game here, his debut in St. Louis. So we'd like to say we gave him the fast lane bump because he scored a goal in his very first game here in St. Louis. And... I just remember talking to him and saying, you know, off the air, talking to him and saying, listen, go do something uh, impactful. You know, it doesn't have to be score a goal. Go out, get a couple of big hits, go to the front of the net, cause some chaos. The fans will love it. They'll love it. They're wanting to cheer for you. Go do that. He goes out in the first couple of shifts. He lays a guy out and was great. Everybody's up out of their seats. And then he scores. You know, comes right off the bench. Braden Shen, landlord to tenant, <laughs> makes a nice pass. And he puts it in the net for his very first NHL goal, which I thought, too, his celebration was like, oh, this is like goal number 312. I noticed that, too. It, it was hilarious. It's another moment of him acting like he's been there before. Yeah, which uh, by all means, though, kid, you're allowed to rip off the cape a little bit and act like a bit of a <laughs> ding-dong if you want when you score your first NHL goal. I mean, it's it's completely... I know. When, but I, probably, when I score my first NHL goal, I'm going to go crazy, but man. It, but it probably endears himself to the other guys on the bench when he doesn't go crazy nah, about every it. Guy, it just, Carries on. Every guy was pumped. So many guys posted on their own social media outlets. Just picture of him holding his first goal puck. And it says a lot. And one thing, too, guys, just to bring it back to this Blues team, all I'm hearing from everybody that we talk to is how close these guys are. Like, right away. Like, the chemistry is there. And David Perron, even this morning on uh, Carriker and Smallman, talked about how they just they really like being around each other and they're playing for each other. Robert Thomas said it last night following the game, says, Look, we're here, we're everybody's playing for the guy next to him. I'm like, we're five games into the season here. Yeah. You guys are talking like it's the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> Don't I mean, wake them. Don't wake it's them. It's odd and it's strange, but I love it. Well, then here is the million dollar question, man. Ooh, and you, you know that, the, and then you know that this now is I coming. know how you get but, those, <laughs> those good seats. But, 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 so last night I tweeted after the second Tarasenko goal, uh, something to the effect of that is a man that wants to get himself out of town or get himself traded. Uh, he's playing so great, 91, whatever. And then, of course, just a lot of folks are asking, do you still think he wants to leave? Do you still think he will leave? This does not, his great play does not change that. He still wants to be moved, right? Well, I don't know. I haven't really had a chance to talk to him about it as far as, like, But what do you think? 
Uh, Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I was going to say, while you're thinking about it, uh, Jeremy Rutherford, the uh, the athletic, said that he, I guess, I think it's in today's, uh, he posted something today, or maybe it was yesterday. No, it was today, because the game was last night, that uh, he has it from a source in the Tarasenko camp or whatever his wording is, that Tarasenko very definitely still wants to leave. Yeah, well, that's Tarasenko's agent, by the way, just to... I don't want to out JR's source, but Tarasenko's agent is currently like just yapping off to everybody. So he's still playing the game. Well, the agent is. That's what you know. Um, and is that what he's supposed to be doing? I guess. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what their agreement is. Sometimes you have agents that go rogue. Like if you remember, what, two playoffs ago when Alan Walsh, the agent for Marc-Andre Fleury, posted a cartoon of a big sword backstabbing Marc-Andre Fleury with the oh, coach's yeah. name on it. Woof. And he posted that on his Twitter account. I know for a fact that Marc-Andre Fleury did not say, hey, by the way, Alan, go post that that picture, that one you got. Yeah, that's a perfect one. And put the coach's name on the sword. No, he didn't say that. Right? At all. At all. So um, I would imagine that Vladdy has a very good idea of what the – the mission is here for both him and his agent, but things change. Things change. And I'm not saying that Vladdy wants to be here and wants to be a St. Louis blue for the rest of his career right now. He does. As far as he wants to be here, he wants to play hard. He wants to get goals. Look at his effort out there. There's a guy that wants to play well right He's now. He's busting his ass. Well, and I and also, that's all we've ever asked of him. Mm-hmm. I also remember you saying that, of course, he's going to audition for the teams that are on his no-trade list or on his good list. Yeah. And, and the Kings are one oh, of them, God, right? Yeah, the Kings are one. The, the Golden Knights are one. Uh, the Avalanche are another team coming into town here, which that'll never happen. But um, the best-case scenario, we've talked about it from the very first time we heard rumblings of this going on. The best-case scenario is that Vladdy plays so good that it gives Doug Armstrong the option of – keeping a guy that could be a 30, 35-goal scorer or moving him for a piece that they need. Either way, the phone's ringing nonstop for Doug Armstrong. I can guarantee that the temperature's starting to pick up right now around Army's office. I don't mean like he's on the hot seat. What I'm talking about is teams are starting to be recognized that they need a player. You don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs are thinking, hmm, wow, we suck right now. How about the Vegas Golden Knights are in last place right now in the division? There's a lot of teams right now that could go, man, we sure could use a Tarasenko. Is there a scenario, and I think this is going to turn into a Donnie question to where I know you're going to yell at me and tell me how dumb I am. Wow. But is there, a, is call, there a scenario? Donnie, have I ever called that's you dumb? certainly not a shot at you, sir. I ever call, have I not ever at called all. you dumb? No, no. No, not while he's in the room. You're right. I'm <laughs> sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. You are subtle that way. Is there a scenario where Armstrong would get the temperature of the room before doing anything? Like, he never had a no. problem with the players, so would he even talk with the players about it? No. Okay. No, not at this point. Because my first thought is, hey, you're going well. Why shake up uh, a locker room? The discussion's already happened. Okay. I can guarantee you that the discussion with the leadership group in the room has already happened. And if Army has a deal that's to be done, he's not going to go and talk to everybody and, and give the opportunity to have something leak somewhere. Whatever. He's going to just be like, yep, deal's done. Are the Kraken kicking themselves at this point for not taking Vladdy? I don't think so. Okay. I think that they were very set on a very a certain payroll and a certain type of team and a certain look for their team because there were a lot of high-priced guys that got passed over by the Kraken because the Kraken could have went right up to the salary cap ceiling and put together a pretty darn good team. Now, in two or three years, they might have been crap because they didn't mm-hmm. really build for the future, but they obviously had a very distinct plan in place, and Vladdy was not a part of it. Okay. 
I think we've already talked about two names that are the reason for this amazing start in Jake Neighbors and Vladimir Tarasenko. But mm-hmm. what else? Why? Well, Why look, this? Look at Jordan Cairo for one thing. That guy gets the puck, and he is electric. And I know, Donnie, you were at the game last night. He had one rush up the ice where it looked like he was shot out of a can. I'm going to tell you something. I think that most people, most players, <clears throat> pardon, have an extra set of jets. That kid's got three. Yeah. I mean, man, when he is going st- I mean, I know I've seen players faster, but I don't know. I don't remember when I've seen a Blues player that fast. It was that first step, and he, he already the, knew what he was going to do. And it he handles like. the puck so well at top speed, right? Like, one of the only guys in the league that does it the best is Connor McDavid. He handles the puck, like, on a string at top speed, and top speed's pretty darn fast. Yeah. Jordan Cairo's not far off. I'm telling you right now, I'm watching him skate and handle the puck and make moves and, and make plays at top speed. Jordan Cairo is... Is not right there, but he's right below that level, and that's pretty impressive. That's I don't, I don't know the best way to do this if we want to just kind of bounce around. But one of the players that I definitely wanted to talk about last night that I thought, at least for my eyeballs, had an amazing game, and that was Justin Folk. Mm. It seemed like man, he he's was not bulking around, is he? No, no, man, no. But he seemed like, you know, Jeff and I talked about this man, steady. Eddie, man, like he was making the good place. He was making the smart place. He was playing physical. Mm-hmm. He, I really just, it was one of the best games that I can remember you know, seeing him. The Blues are going to need that, though. You know, I, I'm not surprised after watching him play last year and watching him play years prior in Carolina and whatnot. He came in, he had the growing pains first season, much like Tory Krug had the growing pains first season. That's another guy right now that's crushing it. Oh, baby. He's, I mean, he is absolutely orchestrating that power play like a friggin' conductor. I'd, out like, there. To, I'd like to claim the Fandango bump for that one, please. There you go. All right. You go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, because I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been wasting the guy for the last two months. So, right. of yeah. course. No, it, yeah, it makes you, sense. I mean, you had him traded all the way to Siberia at one point, <laughs> right. but I said, ah, let's see what he does this year. But no, that power play is clicking on a, at a very high level. Second in the NHL right now, like a 41% clip. Uh, I think as of today, it was 42% yesterday. But these guys, it takes a little time to get used to your role, the team, all that stuff. But Justin Falk is playing great hockey. Colton Pareko is fantastic. How about Marco Scandella? Can we talk about Marco Scandella for a couple minutes? I think we have time. Yeah, I'd love to. Go. One, the guy has excellent taste in numbers. Um, But secondly... He uh, he's playing big minutes and he's playing a big role right now. Everybody wondered, man, can Marco Scandella be that guy in the top four? I still believe ultimately he's a third pair D as far as like your depth. He would be an amazing fifth defenseman. But in the meantime, he's doing everything he possibly can. He's not Jay Bowmeister 2.0 by any means. But he's giving you a second or a first pairing. Whoever they're matched up against, he's giving you excellent minutes right now. It's letting Colton Pareko patrol out there. And Colton Pareko, watch that guy skate. Two hard strides, he's caught up to anybody in the NHL, or he's out of trouble with the puck. So right now, this team looks incredible. Looks really, really strong. All right, specifically, one of the things that you know we've mentioned or, or you've mentioned to us over the course of the podcast is you know when when we're not mentioning defensemen's, defensemen by name, you know, and and they're kind of flying under the radar. Chances are they're probably doing their job. I want to ask that specifically about Jake Wallman and about uh, Bo- uh, Bobby Bortz, about uh, Robert Bortuzzo. Can you kind of talk about what you've seen from those guys so far this year? I like what I'm seeing. I am. I think Bortuzzo could still be a little bit more of a a, a, a prick out mm-hmm. there. Would like to see him be a little bit more nasty. 
but he's playing solid. He's blocking shots. He's doing exactly what he's asked to do. Jake Wallman, his skating is tremendous. He's never out of a play defensively. He's not the biggest guy. We understand that. But he's never out of a play defensively. He's one hard stride and a good stick check away from almost anybody in the NHL. And he does skate himself out of trouble, too, very well. Now, he, he sometimes he tries to overextend a play. And what I mean by that is he'll try to do just a little too much with it. And it kind of bites him. But then he readjusts and you can get the next two or three shifts that are super solid. No big deal. Uh, but once he can nip that in the bud, just kind of make sure every play is just solid and more of a nothing is a sure thing in the NHL because those guys are really good too that are defending, but at least, you know, percentages in your favor. I like what I'm seeing out of the entire core right now. And that's why they haven't played Mikali yet. Not that he can't play it, not that he can't contribute, but why would you screw with this? Right. Um, I, I wanted to ask about um, Clem Costin and James Neal. Uh, Costin started last night, I, I noticed, on the first line with O'Reilly and Perron. But then when the third period started, Neal had been bumped up to that to that first line. And I guess my question is, was it something that Clem Shady wasn't doing? Or was it something that James Neal was doing? Because I thought that, that Costin was solid last night. Now, I did notice James Neal getting a little more physical, throwing a little here and there, a little bit more than Costin. But I'm just kind of curious what you think there. What I've discovered here lately, guys, is that Craig Berube, and I don't think he's directly stolen a page out of Major League Baseball. I, maybe he has. A lot of great coaches use other sports as influence as to how they can change their team to better it or to get the advantage. But I'm watching Craig Berube platoon out there. And I've said this on our show, The Fast Lane, is just like baseball, like you look at the Giants, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they have certain hitters who hit good against certain pitching. Matchups. Matchups, right? And so you start the game with a Clem Costin on left wing, you know, the matchups are fine. Now the other team adjusts, does something, maybe the game gets to a point where it's a little closer and you have a guy that is better in those situations. Maybe he's stronger getting out of the defensive zone. Maybe one guy's better in the offensive zone. Craig Ruby. He mixes and matches throughout the entire game, and you're watching it going, he's playing matchups right now. And it doesn't mean directly against player to player. It's situational, too. There's an offside, but it's on this side of the red line, our defensive side of the red line. James Neal's much better. Just in case we lose this faceoff, team puts it in our end. James Neal's much better defensively than Clem Costin. Guess what? Hey, Nealer, you're going with O'Reilly and Perron. Next shift. Boom. Oh, okay, faceoffs in the offensive zone. And we have a chance to score a goal here. Maybe we're down by a goal. Okay, Clem Costin, he creates a little bit more offense, got a little more foot speed. He's going to go this time. So it's not always a direct reflection on a player doing something right or something wrong. It's the player who's right for that moment. That's so funny because I was listening to you guys yesterday when you were talking about the matchups in baseball, and I was kind of sort of relating it to hockey and if you could do that because the game is so much faster. And now that you say that, if you think about the game last night, you can see that happening because it's at different ends of the ice that he's talking about. There. Absolutely. That's- and you got to remember, too, that O'Reilly's line ends up playing against the Kopitar line almost the entire night, right? So if that's the case and the, the game is tight, which it was – as you're getting closer to the finish line, you want to limit the possibility of a mistake costing you because one mistake could cost you the game, and you've got O'Reilly matched up against Kopitar, their best line. What's the best way to alleviate some of that pressure or a, uh, a mistake for youthful thinking? It's put a veteran out there. And now every time O'Reilly's line is matched up against Kopitar because you have the last change, 
Now you're getting three veteran players who know how to handle that situation and aren't going to cost you maybe that one little mistake. Instead of putting it up the wall into safety, instead of throwing it through the middle and getting it knocked down, could be the difference in the game. James Neal's been in that situation time and time again. That's where you platoon it and go, okay, right now, Nealer, third period, you're on the left wing. Got a, a pretty damn good backup in goal last night, too. Oh, baby. What would you say when I you came I think it was 30, 34 shots. We got a goaltending controversy, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just saw, I just saw Jordan Bennington in his TV commercial for the cars last night. You were at the game. Did yeah. you see that? No, you were working. It was It's a, it's a local car dealership. Good. He's walking through the dealership with his pads on. And I guess uh, the, the thing is he goes to this dealership on the way to the game every night. And he goes in and gets some ice and somebody throws him a banana and then he gets back in his car and goes. But he's got his, he's got his pads on. Make that it. money 50. It must be yeah. a roomy vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it was a big old SUV or something. It's perfect. But, I mean, the 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 uh, comfort and the peace of mind to know that you can throw a Ville Husso in there and he can pitch you a shutout with 34 shots on goal. It's pretty crazy. Now, he, he one, he did a fantastic job. Shut out. You can't ever take that away from anybody. I'm not taking one thing away from Billy Husso. All I'm going to add to it is that the Blues did a fantastic job of limiting the dangerous chances. A lot of these opportunities came from outside the house, outside the box, so to say. And they did a great job of getting rid of the rebounds. And Billy Husso, to his credit, he's a big goalie, and he's always very square to the puck. And very seldom does he get beat with a shot that he's square to. Just because he's a big dude, he covers up so much of the net. Where Billy Husso still has work to do, and if you're watching the game or if you go back and watch the game from last night even, he tends to cause some of his own problems by kicking pucks back out into traffic. Mm. He doesn't do a great job of being quiet like Jordan Bennington where the puck hits him and dies and you're like, okay, there's no rebound. Billy Husso, you've got a little more fight to his game. like He's pushing back against the puck at times and therefore it kind of explodes off of him. And instead of being that two-foot radius where you can – as a goalie, you can pull it back in, or a D-man's right there. It gets to that four to five foot, six foot radius where the other team has guys sniffing around for rebounds, and it's right behind where your D are. It puts it in a dangerous area, so it gives other teams opportunity for second and third chances, and a lot of times those go in the net. So, full credit to Ville Husso. He played amazing, got the shutout, kept the streak going, everything. Perfect gold star. Only thing I'm going to say is I'd still like to see his rebounds go to less dangerous areas. A uh, very, very important thing to bring up here, uh, but uh, I haven't been to a game yet this year. How is the crowd doing the national anthem thing? Um, honestly, to, 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 be, to be truthful, yeah. I think we're still getting the hang of it. Okay, because I was I, I was one. I, I, what are your I thoughts about it overall? I don't hate the concept, but I just wonder how many people are going to know right away. He, he, here's to here's, join in. Here's kind of what I think. And Ben and I were talking about this last night too. The idea is it for it, it, is it is for it to be the crowd pumped up like it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, mm-hmm. and we are bellowing the national anthem because we can't wait for the game. Well, on a Monday night in October, game number five, everybody's kind of getting into the building at their own pace. And, you know, man, people were singing along. It was okay. I mean, yeah. I, I I like the idea in concept, but I don't know, man. I think I'd rather just have a singer, even if they rotate it out or whatever. I think I'd rather just have somebody singing and then us singing along. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The concept, I love the concept come playoff time. I think that it's just like... Just like you, Donnie, you talk about, I know a player can't bring it for 82 games straight, but, you know, okay, fine. 
the crowd can't bring it for 82 games straight. I got to make it last all year. You know what I'm saying? But you get to the playoffs and you go, hey, by the way, now it's time. People are fired up. They got an extra Bud Light in them. They got a little, you know, whatever. Hey, you got a little more oomph in your game. You're like, yeah, I'll sing this national anthem. Until then, though. And also another thing I I noticed, and it it was great. I love the concept in theory is fantastic. But there's some of the, the very pivotal notes that a good national anthem singer hits. Where you get like that that little chill down yeah, your spine, man. you know. Like for me, I'm like, yeah. ooh, yeah, like I want to. I'm ready to go now. Whereas the crowd, as good as they're doing, they can't hit some of those notes, or they don't. They're not as enthusiastic at certain times of the song. I feel like you're losing a little bit of that jazz. I, you know, I'll be very honest with you, and this is stupid, but I cannot sing. No. Like my voice is Well, give us a little horrible. sample. Yeah, go. No. Give us. No, I'm, give us I'm your not... favorite part of the national anthem just quickly. No. I'm not going to do <laughs> the that. Word knows oh, the word no. Oh, wow. If you like would our... let Jeff, me explain what I'm saying. He doesn't like our national no, anthem apparently. Anyway. Wow. What are you from Donnie Canada? Hates America. What I'm saying is is that I can't <laughs> sing and I get self-conscious of singing loudly around people that I don't know and then I feel like I'm torturing them with my rendition of the national anthem. Yeah, then you lip sync and then everybody starts <laughs> lip sync and then you don't hear anything and everybody's like, where's Charles Glenn? I agree. Last Minute Blues Podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Can I ask something not blues related right quick? Probably. I just saw this right before we came in here to record this and I'm very curious as to Jamie's thoughts, because it's... You were just in the bathroom. Is that where we're going? No, 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 man. No, this is hockey-related, I okay. swear. Well, were you or were you not right in the bathroom before this? Yes, for sure. Okay, sorry. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, I guess Dallas and Columbus played last night. Okay. And I believe that there was an issue Uh-oh. with a fan who was heckling the goaltender for Columbus about the other goaltender that passed away. Oh, boy. And there is video. Guys, I saw video and heard the Jackets walking through the tunnel to get to the ice and someone yelling, watch for fireworks. Gosh. Wow. So, you know, man, it's horrible. Yeah. Any good fan, and you saw the Dallas Stars fans were like, this is not representative of us. Right. This is not us. This was one person. They should be banned, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's honestly people like that that make me not want to watch sports. And this was at the end of the game? Uh, no, man. I think oh. this was at the beginning oh. of the game. It started, so, so and, I I think it, and I think it kind of went on throughout the course of the game. I can't blame booze on it. You know, that's what I was thinking. Well, you can. Not... you can. You can. Well, you never know if he got there good six deep There's people or that do their own warm-up before the game. Good. That's a good point. What yeah. if you're on the Dallas Stars team? Yeah. That, that's a better As a question. Player? As a player, and well, you I just hear quietly that grab happens. the trainer or the stick boy or whatever and say, hey, listen. There's usually a security guard that's right by the bench, and then just be like, "Hey, listen, that guy's got to go. He's got to go. Like, I'm not going to stand up and yell and cause a big scene. Just go. That guy's got to go. Just listen to what he's saying. Don't, don't, don't look at him now. Just listen to what he's saying. And as soon as you hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And then, boom, they get taken care of quickly. Yeah. Man, I just, you know, man, I, I despise the Blackhawks and I despise teams, but. Yeah, that's a little, dude. I uh, just that is no, just. There's no room for that. That's a stupidity. You want to have a good chirp or something where you got something on somebody. It it it's something that is not about dying or you know parents or death in the family or 
sickness. You don't go there. I mean, everybody knows that. It's. I know it sounds crazy to say there's certain rules of engagement here. You've said that before, though, yeah, man. You have. You have said You've that had before because it's crazy to think that you and I playing in the NHL can legally drop our gloves and go at it. I ain't gonna talk about your mom, man. No, you know. I mean, I'm not gonna talk about yours either, even though she won't stop calling me. Yeah, she's that's weird because she's been dead since '82. I well, knew that that you one know was what, going Jeff? On. She I, does have a world phone. It was so. a collision. I course. died too. We're having a spiritual thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a seance. So, and we, you know, <laughs> it's weird. It gets really cold in there. And we have, absolutely have to talk about it. Saturday, guys. We got big happy. Eighty-one. We got our second our second live broadcast. Oh, but our, boy. Well, no, wait. It's not a live broadcast, but we will be live at Brett Hulse Junction House in Winsville. Correct. With, We've only had one live correct. broadcast. Yeah, and this, this one, one will be... This one can't be live. No, it's uncensored. No. It's uncensored. We will be live there, but not on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Because, well, I have a tendency to think that this is going to get kind of blue. You think so? I think so. Think Here's so. a question, and we're talking Who, about Who's going to be joining us? Uh, Brett Hall. One and only, number yeah. 16. Okay. Does Brett Hall drive himself to this? Did we already talk about this? No. no. Okay, God. does Brett Hall drive himself to something God. like that? Does he drive himself in, like, today, he's going to Applebee's. No, he wouldn't go to like, Applebee's. wherever he's, he's at? Yeah, does yeah, he, he drive drives. himself on a regular oh, basis? yeah. He does. Yeah. Okay. He's not, like, Richie Rich. No, here. I don't like, mean, I don't hey, mean. Get, th- let me get in my limo. Like, no, what's wrong mean, with you? I don't mean, well, there's a lot. I didn't really mean that, though. I just didn't know if, in general, I just don't see... Like Donnie, First of I've, all, I don't think it's that dumb of a question to think that Brett Hall could have a limo driver. Okay. He's Brett Hall. Okay, but he's also he Brett Hall who, who like walks through uh, like uh, Morton's Steakhouse wearing track pants and Crocs. <laughs> like he's not a fancy guy, you know. Like, he's a Crocs dude. Track, oh, he's track yeah. Well, he's Crocs. he's really good friends with the guys who invented Crocs. Really? Yeah, they're all like in cahoots or golf buddies. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's wow. some there's some Benjamins floating around over there. <laughs> we, we're That's learning things. Sure. So, yeah. what is he? Are you at liberty to tell us what he drives, or is that a security issue? At this I don't point? know what he drives. <laughs> Here's the thing I know about Brett. I don't know what he drives currently. I haven't seen his car in, in a while. It's nothing like you'd expect. He's not the guy that drives the Bentley, or he drives like he's had some nice cars, SUVs, mm-hmm. but he's a Tahoe type guy, and like he's you know yeah, something you can throw a, a hockey bag in the back of or something yeah, no, like no, golf he doesn't clubs. doesn't golf play clubs. much anymore. But no. this is this is one of those guys, and I, I should have written down a list. But not too long ago, I saw Donnie behind the wheel of his car on 270 Southbound. He was flipping me off one time. <laughs> and was I've, not. It was waving at you, man. And I've known the guy since. finger wave. No. Yeah, hey. and since like 93 or something like huh. that. It was the first time I ever saw him behind the wheel of a car. And I started thinking, <laughs> I cannot picture Brett Hall driving. I kind of can't either, man. He Wayne drives? Gretzky. I can't picture him driving. Same. Uh, they both drive. and I, I would Can say. they drive stick shifts, do we know? <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> I would imagine both of them can. They grew up in an era where most of the vehicles, when they started, were all stick shift. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, Brett. Brett is very um, responsible and intelligent. And so, like, if he's going to do that event or he's going somewhere for dinner or the golf course where he may have a few cocktails, mm-hmm. he's got a driver for that. Good. Yeah. He's got, you know, in here in town, he's got this Russian dude. I'm not going to say his name because... You can't pronounce it? No, I can I can certainly pronounce it. I just, whatever. It's Maybe it's a private driver sure, type sure. thing. Whatever the case. He's got a guy in town here, takes care of him, drives him to uh, the Blues games, to the local watering hole, gets him home. And then Brett will definitely get up in the morning, get in his car and drive over to Starbucks or whatever and grab a coffee. He's 
Said, oh, here's another guy, Darren Pang. Until I saw him standing outside of his own vehicle, I was like, does the man even own a vehicle? I wonder if he sits on uh, on like uh, phone books. Oh, boy. Oh, wow, Donnie. Boy. I didn't know. But coming I think coming from a new bowl over yeah, here. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we might coming be the, from the Alton Giant over <laughs> I think, here. I think we might be the same height. Honest, honest to God. I think we might same be. Same height, same and hair style. And dude, and Pegger is so nice. See, like, all the, guys, like all, the, all the guys to throw a jab at. That's probably. Like the exact wrong one. And I have it on good authority that he used to like you up until this oh, particular man. point. Until he right listens here. to this one. Oh what, boy. What do you how do you open with Brett Hall? Hey. Hi. <laughs> right. Uh, is that what you do? Hi. No, just uh, I don't know. We'll just have fun with it, dude. All right. It's not gonna be difficult. Duded me twice. Just so you know, he's duded me I, twice. I'm sorry, just... you, uh, sorry, last week you were jerk face. Every well, other you sentence. were being one. No, I wasn't. Oh, jerk I don't face. Know. <laughs> see see people, what you don't understand of what I have to deal with in this podcast is not only, you know, you know, content and stuff, it's these two knuckleheads going after each content. other. L- all the time. No. And then the penis jokes, and it just, you know, sometimes. Who had a penis joke today? Uh, I, I'm sure there has been one. Well, if now not, you're bringing it to the table, If Donnie. not, I actually know that there's going to be, because I have a question to ask concerning mm. David Perron and his stick. Okay. All right. Jeff, you mean, you've do you been mean in the shower his, do you several mean times. His penis? You don't mean his penis. No, you I don't. Do stick, stick code for penis, Johnny? <laughs> Are you trying to find the stiffness of no, his but- stick? Penis was, is code for stick. Though. Is he curved? I was listening to the game the stick. on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and they talked about how <laughs> crap the stiffness mm-hmm. of uh, of the stick for Peron has Grow changed up, over time. Mm-hmm. Grow up. Well, yeah, he's got well, he's older. older. Yeah, I mean, come on, he's probably less he's stiff. Been, I mean, legitimately, the hockey stick that he uses in a game. Think well, about yeah. how holding he, how long he's been holding it all these years. It's probably a little more frail. Too. I want to know what the bend, how the bend matters in a hockey stick in a hockey game. Oh. This has nothing to do with penises of any kind. Even though I know we're going to keep talking fine, about we'll it for get, five minutes. Fine, Donnie, we'll get back to penises Jeff, later. Give me the pen and paper. I'm going to show Donnie how the bend affects everything. Okay. <laughs> um, I knew a guy in damn high school. It. Anyway. I just, I knew. It. And and when I thought of this on Saturday when I was watching the game, I was like, ah, oh, dude, these chuckleheads are going to be all over me for this. But legitimately, it, they uh-huh. were talking about that. And does, I was just curious. It does remind me of a guy I had swim class with at Eureka. Mm, but anyway, go yeah. ahead. That guy was a goalie stick, I believe. Um, <laughs> now, so David Perron, as you get older, a lot of times you don't want to expend as much energy shooting the puck. You're not all about the big, massive slap shot anymore, especially the way the NHL is nowadays to where so much pressure on you so quick. You watch David Perron, and all the little one-timers he has, they're like very little wind-up, just a quick twist of the hips, and boom, he lets the stick do the work. Brett Hall was much the same. Now, Brett Hall had some you know, some ceiling scrapers where he laid the one-timer, but a lot of them were just that little quick boom. And Hawley used like a 75 flex, which is absurd to say that's so whippy it's like a spaghetti noodle but holly knew how to use it and so david perron with age and with knowledge and with you know kind of fine-tuning his game he's gone from a very stiff shaft Shaft. to a um, more flexible 
shaft, Donnie. He feels that with his age, the more flexible shaft works. He scores a lot more with a flexible I, shaft. I understand now what's going on, and I really just want to change the subject oh, to I, anything. I, like I just, anything. <laughs> First of all, Donnie, would you just grow up? Listen, I'm trying to tell you how he scores. Listen, we're trying to you, talk en- I don't you enjoyed you. saying the word shaft way more sorry, than any what, person ever sorry, had Donnie, that I think that, I've ever seen. What's that part of the hockey show called? It? You're right. I'm what just saying called? that your enjoyment level was excessive. It's not like he was That's talking all. about the knob on no. the shaft. Which, by the way, players do have different knobs. Just That's like true. every player's got a different knob. There's Even though knob. some of them look the same, they're not quite the same. Everybody has a different knob preference. You can have a sticky knob. You yep. can have one that has a little baby powder on the now, knob, a little less sticky. As a guy who played in the NHL, do you did you let other people handle your knob, or did you handle no, that yourself? No, I, I like to I like to handle my own knob. Sure. Uh, there's only a few players that I saw have somebody else work their knob, and right. uh, Wayne Gretzky was one of them. Uh-huh. He had his own rubber knob that he that he would put on the end of his shaft, and uh, the trainers would usually work together. It took three or sure. four hands yeah. to get that on there. Right. Um, and Chris Chelios used to just have the trainer's baby powder, his knob. Sure. Well, it, I mean, it's Chris He Chelios. didn't want to get it on his gloves, and so they would put it on, right. and they would tap the shaft on the other guy's hands. I could just and... slowly turn his mic down. I, I, well, I'm honest, giving you all the information I, Honest to goodness, I don't yeah, know. What's wrong with you guys? I, I, as, as this is happening, I'm thinking in my head, what do we transition to next? How do I get Ooh. out of this? Well, Can we just wrap it up? <laughs> like, I, I definitely even... don't do the sponsor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about one more time for the for the whole information and let's get the hell out of here. Absolutely so. So we will be at uh, Bread Hall's Junction House this Saturday. Now we start Wait, at... That's this Saturday? That's uh-huh. this Saturday. What's the date? We start at 3, October the 30th. Oh, yeah. All right. But I believe that they are inviting people to get there as early as one, if I'm not mistaken, to start seating. Uh, So, you know, obviously it's going to be first come, first serve. There will be some Q&A, so you'll be able to throw a question into a hopper and maybe Mm -hmm. Brett will answer it. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we would love to see you out there in Winsville. Again, we get going at three, but you're going to need there much earlier to get a seat. And although it's not mandatory that you buy us cocktails while were there it is appreciated and accepted mm-hmm. well but you know what i have to bur- i have to I, well yeah actually these guys will accept it more because i'm not a huge i'll take all drink all right <laughs> right but you'll take the cash equivalent though right you Absolutely. would have had four beers <laughs> so. or they could just buy me the drink and then i'll pay you back don yeah you sure yeah. it will be good for I'm it i'm good for it <laughs> it is the last minute blues podcast jamie rivers jeff burton donnie fandango we will be back again later this week to talk about your st louis blues it's the last minute blues podcast as always let's go blues the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.